Interstellar came out and people were a little confused because actually it was a lot of Matthew McConaughey emotionally driving cars in cornfields. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast all about the art of trader editing. I'm Rick Thomas. And I'm Derek Liu. And I'm back <laughs> Yay. for now. Derek's been doing an amazing job of interviewing some people and some really fascinating interviews, so maybe I should go away more often. <laughs> but we are here because a uh, trader came out recently for Tenet. All I have for you is a word. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. Use it carefully. And I couldn't possibly not talk about it or indeed the oeuvre of Christopher Nolan. So that's, I think this is the first time we've done a whole podcast based on a director's output as opposed to a studio or... Yeah, uh, when you suggested this topic, of course, Tenet is a good idea to talk about because it always seems to be an event whenever a Christopher Nolan trailer comes out. I hadn't really thought about Christopher Nolan having a style of trailer, but uh, after watching uh, all the trailers for his movies, it's, it's a really interesting thing to look at and try to spot the commonalities. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll dive right in. I um, I think that similar to when we were talking about A24 and we said, oh, you know, do, do what's the commonality between A24 trailers? And it is, there's a lot of aesthetic similarities and obviously they're trying to do something interesting narratively. And so I think it's a reflection potentially on the filmmaker as opposed to the trailers, but there's definitely enough threads throughout the trailers that it isn't necessarily just these are the kind of films that he that he makes. I mean, what I love about Nolan as a filmmaker, like he's so he's so beloved. And I just think he does such amazing things with narrative devices. Um, and they're narrative devices and concepts that lend themselves to interesting filmic storytelling. So you've got Memento with the backward storytelling, Prestige, the whole thing is a magic trick. Uh, Inception, it's a dream. Dunkirk, you've got the ticking clock and playing with time. Obviously, playing with the time is is a huge thing <laughs> as we get on to, uh, to Tenet. You can communicate with the future. Time travel? No. Inversion? Name it and pull the trigger. You're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. I had to rewatch uh, this trailer for this. I mean, I wanted to rewatch it anyway, but... Did you watch it forwards or backwards? <laughs> oh, are you, have you watched it backwards? I haven't even thought no, about doing that. Funny, funny enough, I think... I mean, obviously, the thing about Tenet is it's a palindrome. Obviously, because so much of the footage and the concept and, and bits of this world are running backwards. So there is some backward sound design in there. Um, as bullets are flying, they've got that kind of... I mean, we've talked about it in the past with a suck back, which is essentially a reversed hit, but actually you have that here as actual reversed hits in the in the sound design. Well, that from here... Hasn't happened yet. Right, yeah, and I noticed in the music, it's, it certainly sounded like there was some music that was... 
uh, it had that sort of telltale sign of being played in reverse. So yeah, I will, de- I will definitely, after we record this, download that trailer and play it in reverse to see what happens. I mean, maybe that's such a common thing in trailer sound design now that actually something you've heard before and, you know, with setbacks and things like that, that actually it's not out of that out of the ordinary. Yeah, it would be interesting structurally if they did something for this where like the title card was in the middle and they played. <laughs> right something forwards and then backwards but I mean you know not having seen the film I don't know where it's going but obviously that's part of what it's doing a slight tangent though is if you watch the trailer of Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword and play that backwards it turns into Zelda's lullaby which is pretty magical to think that this music works well backwards and forwards literally with no any sort of processing just reverse it in premiere or whatever you're using oh really yeah without even not even just the notes uh yeah it just actually sounds good like it just sounds like an orchestrated version of zelda's lullaby But what did you actually make of the of the trailer? So this is trailer two. Um, there'd been a teaser back in December. Uh, this uh, and this trailer two was cut by aspect ratio. I think my first reaction to this trailer was that I was actually less interested in this than I have been in previous Nolan trailers, and I think part of it is just because I was having trouble wrapping my head around the idea he's trying to introduce here, which seems like it's not quite as simple as previous concepts for his movies, like diving into someone's dreams or saving the world by traveling past our solar system. So here it was things like prevent World War III, communicate with the future, not quite time travel. It's like time inversion and reversing the flow of time. So because I was having trouble understanding what was going on, it was a little bit harder to imagine how it's going to affect the story or uh, why that would be consequential in a way beyond just the the fact that it is some sort of high concept or or an original concept. That's interesting. I think... um because I was thinking that as a common thread, like these are big concepts um, through all of these things. You know, if you try and boil Inception down, you're like, hold on, what? (laughs) But um, what other trailers have very successfully done for Nolan films is condense that concept to copy. Mm -hmm. So if you look at Dunkirk, you know, you've got something like when 400,000 people couldn't get home, home came for them. Um, Or Inception, your mind is the scene of the crime. Um, And actually, I think what that enables those traders to do is to be a bit more random in their storytelling. So in those trailers, you're not really getting the storytelling from the the dialogue. It's more kind of world building. Um, And I think almost that's potentially what's missing here, or it's just a concept that's not easily boiled down to something as concise as your mind is the scene of the crime. Yeah, that was the one, the idea that Nolan's films are about concepts is something that I just kept coming back to when I was watching uh, all his old trailers. And even if it's not about some sort of high concept like diving into person's dreams, the trailers all seem to be very high level in terms of like theme and concept rather than specific plot de- details, which would be something like, oh, we're going to do this heist. Oh, no, this thing went wrong. What are we going to do now? Well, now we're going to try to do this. You know, whereas I think a lot of trailers do tend to do that sort of moment by moment plot, very plot focused things, whereas things like even like 
something like Batman you think would be focused on what is the specific threat, what is the villain trying to do. But in things like Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises, it's a little bit more about the idea of this villain and what they are doing that's causing uh, chaos, if not specifically what they're doing, just sort of like their their ethos. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Starting tonight, people will die. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You get... Um almost the tropes of that kind of A to B storytelling in all of these trailers. Uh, and Tenet as well is an example of that. You get kind of, here's a chunk, and then here's the resolution of, of this bit. And now we're going to start a new thought. But those bits aren't necessarily connected. They're all like standalone pieces of, yeah, random world building, as I said, or, or you know, introducing new concepts, but it doesn't necessarily link from the previous one. Um, a lot of that happens in all of these trailers. Usually it's Michael Caine um, <laughs> doing some kind of, you know, on the prestige or uh, Batman uh, where he kind of relates big thematic ideas or concepts or a struggle for a character. Every great magic trick consists of three acts. The first act is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, but of course it probably isn't. The second act is called the turn. He's obsessed with discovering your method. The magician makes this ordinary something do something extraordinary. Now you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it. That's why there's a third act called the prestige. It's the part with the twists and turns. You see something you've never seen before. And that happens here with, you know, there's a couple of things where, you know, there's a scene with Clemence Posey, if I've pronounced that right, where, um, where she talks about catching the bullet as opposed to, you know, shooting the bullet. Um, and that's one kind of big chunk. And then there's the guy who says, um, kind of half explains what Tenet is in the, kind of, in the cold open. I actually find the cold open quite confusing. Normally a cold open kind of organically links into the rest of the trailer, but this felt a very, very much, it was a kind of isolated bit and then the trailer restarted again on the logos. Um, so I did find that a bit jarring, um, but maybe that's part of this hodgepodge of ideas that, you know, here's one bit and then we're going on to the rest of the trailer and, and what comes next isn't necessarily going to link back to that first bit. What's really interesting about these trailers is the way you talk about it where you say things are a little bit random, that sounds like it would lead to something that structurally would not be satisfying to watch or work at all, maybe. But somehow these still manage to be interesting, maybe just because by introducing this overarching theme or idea, we're trying to watch the scenes and figure out how they tie into this one thing. It's sort of like, add it just by having this concept or context, everything else becomes more interesting and ties it together. Yeah, and you know, and you want to know what the secrets are. You know, Christopher Nolan is the king of secrets and, and kind of withholding information. So it's everything is asking questions. It's like, hey, we're going to tell you about this thing, but we're not going to tell you everything. And you've got to link stuff, but you know, you've got to, he has that brand of, secrecy and that too much information might be a spoiler and actually all of these even when you get to like trailer four you know some of the dark knight films dark knight rises i think had four trailers yeah even by the time you get to the end it's not like trailer four is suddenly like okay here's the plot it's all in that well even though there's four trailers so there should be a lot of content it's all in that almost teasery to be honest and then by the time you get to you go back 
in time to the actual teaser. It's super, super sparse. You know, we've talked in the past about the Inception teaser just being 11 shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a common thread through all of these trailers is about a third of the way through comes the Christopher Nolan card. <laughs> and I think pretty quickly after Memento, maybe by the time you got to Inception, all you need to do is put that Christopher Nolan card up there and you don't even need it caveated with, you know, the visionary director or whatever. Yeah, just Christopher Nolan in whatever brand of grayscale title cards. Yes, either <laughs> black on white, white on black or something. Or gray. I actually really love the graphics um, in the Tenet trailer uh, because instead of just doing the kind of white on black or black on white, they do the, um, they brand him when <laughs> yes. they're saying from the director of Batman, you're seeing some Batman shots. Actually, funny enough, going from the Batman shot, as someone pointed out on the internet, straight into the Robert Pattinson shot, yes. which is because he's the next Batman. Yeah. Um, and then seeing some footage from Inception and uh, again, someone else pointed out, you know, you don't even have to mention Interstellar. You know, clearly they only had time for three pedigree cards <laughs> and um, they didn't even need to do Interstellar. Yeah, the the thing you mentioned about it feeling teaser-like is is something that I, I noticed, is that Christopher Nolan's trailer three or four would be someone else's trailer one or teaser. Uh, because yeah. that is just how not quite surface level it is. It's just that how just broad uh, they're still being or how teaser they're, they're being. So like if you think about um, the first Inception teaser, not until trailer two do we get the whole invading dreams, accessing secrets and all that. Uh, the other thing I realized is that in a way, Christopher Nolan trailers are a lot like game trailers too because game trailers are al- almost always trying to introduce a new idea it's some new game mechanic that they need to show a high level version of then explain a little bit more about how it works um, which is just sort of pretty atypical for movies because usually movie concepts aren't so different that it needs to be explained for you to understand this sort of like new type of story which nolan uh, does have to do that sort of thing even just starting with like memento it's like he just flat out uses all the exposition you know he has short-term memory and he'll forget everything as soon as he says it basically i have this condition the condition it's my memory amnesia no no no, no. it's different from that what? since my injury i can't make new memories everything fades if we talk for too long, I'll forget how we started. Next time I see you, I'm not going to remember this conversation. What's the last thing that you do remember? My wife. That's sweet. Dying. I thought that uh, just the whole idea and concept thing, uh, just by having it be so uh, new, lends itself to a trailer that needs to sort of pace out its information otherwise you're going to overwhelm people yeah it's definitely these are high concepts you know these like high high concepts they're not as clear as oh this guy's under attack it's like yes your brain and we're dreaming and there's a thing and there's that trailer too for inception with the track is a cue called mind heist everyone thought it was a hand zimmer um but it was uh it was a trailer cue um it's just so great in its emotional storytelling and that's a big thread through all of these trailers as well is you have a blockbuster director but you can lean on emotion and i think these you know a lot of trailers around the time that these were coming out inception dark knight 
all of these things, like a lot of blockbusters were kind of leaning that way as well. That emotion would be a good way to sell these big, these big things. But um, just that Inception trailer, two trailer, when you see Marianne Cotillard and you get those big hits on the cards as the as the copy, and it's just it, it's kind of pure trailer storytelling for me and the marriage of those incredible visuals and moments and amazing music. It's called Inception. Already. I think I found a way home. And this last job, that's how I get there. Dreams feel real while we're in them. It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. And also to our earlier point about storytelling, because these are heavy themes and heavy, dark, dramatic films, what's quite nice about copy, either doing what Memento does and getting your story out front or using copy to kind of say, okay, this is what it's about. Your mind is the scene of the crime. It means that dialogue wise, sometimes you can do just quips and they do it in the interstellar. Uh, they do it in the inception trailer. Uh, you know, I have it under control. I'd hate to see it out of control. Uh, and you have it in tenor as well uh, with these, uh, you know, well, I've seen too much. Well, I've seen too much. Well, we'll try and keep up. Just little kind of moments of levity to say it's not going to be completely dark and you have the space to do that because you're not necessarily doing a huge amount of storytelling in the in the dialogue that is true yeah that using title cards lets you avoid the the trailer editing techniques of just using lots and lots of dialogue to explain what's going on uh, i hadn't thought about that but yeah the the consistent use of title cards throughout his trailers it feels like a rarity i'm not sure if it actually is but i remember one of my my former bosses uh working in trailers was saying that people never read trailer copy but i think in the moment uh, it works definitely even if you don't necessarily remember it later on but also you have graphics that communicate the themes as well you know mm. look, look at that inception trailer and you're kind of in this weird puzzly escher type world um obviously the dark knight teaser and the dark knight rises teaser both had graphical concepts and reveals of the of the batman logo um either kind of burning being blown away by the anarchy of the joker or the dark knight rises kind of rising out of gotham and rising from the darkness into the light um a lot of these graphics as well there's i think it was in the prestige and one of the batman films where the the it's 3d text that kind of rotates away from you and morphs into other stuff so and in tenet as well you know at the end of this trailer um the title kind of is unrevealed and the title kind of ebbs away and ticks away from being fully revealed so it's kind of it's a backwards reveal so graphics that are really integrated thematically with what the movies are doing um is a big part yeah and not just and obviously being in grayscale as you mentioned before <laughs> that's true the 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 style of the graphics are very tied to the films and would not work with anything else uh really so that really really helps them um i think another big part of the you're talking about the emotion of the trailers is that i feel like these trailers more than some other ones that i've seen for especially big blockbuster ones i think these trailers aren't afraid to live in the music even like during the middle 
uh, the midsections because I think the the stereotype is the trailer always finishes off with a musical montage. But I think there are a lot of sections in these trailers where they're just uh, letting you listen to the music and see the shots uh, as they're coming on. Whereas I know that this, uh, modern movie trailer editing, a lot of it is like dialogue, accent, dialogue, accent, dialogue, sound effect, accent, that sort of thing. Whereas um, this one, I think, plays against that. Um, and, it, and it still works great. It, like, it doesn't feel like the dialogue needs to be punctuated. Somehow it's it still works. Yeah, and actually you get to that point, you get these long, unsettling rises throughout. And it's more, yeah, it's more a kind of cumulative effect of this dialogue and this unsettling rise that's taking you through. There's a storm coming, Mr. Wayne. You and your friends better batten down the hatches. Because when it hits, you're all going to wonder how you ever thought you could live so large and leave so little for the rest of us. A few trailers do that obviously Dunkirk does a lot of ticking um, in there I think every ticking cue from every library was probably used in the Dunkirk (laughs) campaign but it's about time you know like if you look at the movie the whole thing is about you know it's it's operating in different time frames and you know that's a huge part of it and also you have the drama of time is running out for these guys but um, do you remember uh, the thing in um, Dunkirk about shepherd tones oh yeah it's like the the tone that sounds like it's always rising even though technically a tone cannot continually rise or something like that. Yeah, it starts, you know, you start in the low frequency and then you go to the high frequency and then the high frequency fades out and the low frequency come in. So it sounds like it's constantly escalating tension. It just keeps piling on the tension. And I think they use that throughout Dunkirk to really just keep people on their edge of their feet, their seats and feeling like it's constantly, constantly building. Um, but I feel like that was even before Dunkirk, that almost was something that had been on a few of these trailers. Um, I mean, that's what a rise is doing anyway. A rise is saying, oh, you know, come on, it's getting, it's going, it's, it's getting to a, to a big point. But this is the fact that it never ends and never reaches that conclusion is definitely uh, something you see throughout all of these trailers. Yeah. Something I was just thinking about now is if someone were to ask me how to make a trailer in the style of a Christopher Nolan trailer, what would I tell them? And my initial thought is, you know, withhold plot details and think about theme and big ideas. But I was then thinking, well, but does the movie concept really have to be so high level that you can facilitate this sort of style? Like if is the, if the story is too simple, can you still make a like multiple trailers that still feel like teasers in this way and or would that be unsatisfying after a certain point i think it's a style that's very easy to ape but i think that if you don't have the material you know all of these films are great for starters so you know if you don't have the material to back it up to have that the the arrogance of the sparseness um, then I think it would be exposed as a kind of very hollow thing. You know, no, no one's going to feel, yes, you could make an eventy Inception style trailer, but if you're not seeing Leonardo DiCaprio and visuals that you've never seen before um, and your title card doesn't say Christopher Nolan, <laughs> then I think very quickly you might lose people's interest with this sparseness. That is, that is true. I think, and especially early on, yeah, the when Christopher Nolan didn't really have his name just yet, and you just had Memento or something like that, he needed to have the idea be strong enough in order to 
make it so then that his name wasn't as important. But he still kept that up because he still high uh, because high concepts are still just the thing that he enjoys. Even though that Christopher Nolan title card really holds a lot of weight now, I wonder if people wouldn't tolerate something just being confusing, um, or if production value makes up for it, or or what? Well, I would say something like um, Interstellar is a good case in point there. We've always defined ourselves by the ability to overcome the impossible. And we count these moments. The first ever to fly faster than the speed of sound. These moments when we dared to aim higher, to break barriers, to reach for the stars. Gemini 6, you are go. To make the unknown known. Um, because actually people were kind of thrown by that trailer because you know that was his first one after Batman, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. So, you know, Interstellar came out and people were a little confused because actually it was a lot of Matthew McConaughey emotionally driving cars in cornfields. <laughs> um, and they didn't necessarily go, especially in the teaser, it was about space exploration, but it was kind of hard to pin down that high concept. Um, so I think if maybe you, people would have been drawn to what looked like an amazing performance from Matthew McConaughey and, uh, and talk about space and, and, yeah, and that kind of emotion. But I think if you hadn't had the Christopher Nolan card to say, there's going to be something else here, mm. um, then maybe that might not have stood out. I know I definitely remember being intrigued as to where the scale and what the, what the trick was what the magic trick was that's true i have a i remember a similar sentiment of thinking okay it's space but what else and then thinking well it's christopher nolan yeah there must be something cool in there um it's sort of the the reverse uh, Shyamalan effect i suppose <laughs> yeah but equally you know you look at that film like some of these things We've already said that they're difficult to get to. It would be a real stretch of story to do these concepts in dialogue and because they're huge. And actually, if you look at what Interstellar is, that it's about space-time and black <laughs> holes and everything existing at the same moment, but also not, you know, you don't necessarily want to get into that in, in storytelling. And, you know, it's something you want to leave for the movie. I don't think... You know, they, they, they got to, I think, by the time you got to the last trailers, you, they got to space, but it was more than being on the world. And, oh, look at the mountains. They're not mountains, they're waves. You know, you got to that stuff. You didn't get to the existential craziness. Right. It, it, the movie has the high concept, but the trailer gives you the bits that are easy to digest, like maybe love is the most powerful thing in the universe or something like that. Yeah, I think so. And that, and that, and those emotional themes are there. I don't think these films would be successful if you didn't have those, well, exactly what you just said, those emotional things grounding it. Um, and I guess that's what you find with Tenet here as well. You know, maybe that concept, you mentioned that they're not really going into the hows and whys of why some things are backwards, but you have, I'm trying to do a job and I need some more information. We're trying to stop World War Three. you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe like the less you know, the better. I, I read a really short blurb from Nolan. Uh, it was an article saying that the the actors were constantly asking him basically what is going on, and he was very patient trying to explain things. Um, but the thing, I guess, his PR sort of line was that 
it's some sort of spy thriller. And since people are familiar with the format of a spy thriller, I'm going to add this other thing to twist it. Um, and I think having that familiar structure means that people won't be completely unable to understand the whole movie. Like as if like, you know, the, the story concept is new and then this, the plot structure is new and like everything is new. It's like that, that thing that um, there's, a, there's a book called something like Hitmakers and they talk about how people like something that is a little bit new but also a little bit familiar and then they'll, they'll, they'll go over that hump with you if something feels like they, they understand it. Yeah, I think he's built trust. I mean, but it's interesting though, you know, these films come together in the editing and you look at, you know, if you're filming individual scenes of Inception, you don't necessarily know how you in the car in Paris is going to connect to the James Bond snowscape of it all. It's only when you come together that, you know, in the editing that you get the cumulative effect of it. You know, if you if you shot Memento in the right order, you'd go, OK, well, it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. But when you see it assembled that way, it's, it's great. Maybe that's why I appreciate the films, because there is kind of conscious editing like we've talked about trailers being conscious editing you know this is editing that almost draws attention to itself and would do more if you didn't have these emotional cores of the movies yeah and i think i think letting music play out and using a variety of shots where you have no idea how they connect is just fun as a person watching the trailers just imagining how could this possibly work and they they even not just in terms of dialogue they do a good job of avoiding a lot of things that could maybe be sort of spoilery like if you watch the trailer for the prestige the trailer editor clearly had to make a lot of tricks in order to make things seem more exciting like they're talking about christian bale's uh trick which in the movie it's very very understated uh trick visually so one they're gonna remember me for what happened it was the greatest magic trick i've ever seen but in the trailer, there's like sparks and there's flutter cuts and people screaming and all that sort of thing. But you don't actually know what's going on. But you just have a lot of sort of reaction shots and dialogue saying like, oh, my God, it was the best trick I've ever seen. And then we're all thinking, what is the trick, though? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think maybe that's the time where that came out and also that he was coming off a Batman movie. So I wonder if they needed to make it a bit more. He wasn't quite at the stage yet where it could be a more accurate reflection of what that film was doing. I wonder if it came out now whether that prestige trailer would be slightly more interesting. Although maybe the kind of, yes, the allusion to an illusion <laughs> that is more dramatic is is better than maybe the trick in the film doesn't lend itself to um, being spectacular in the short form. And yeah, and actually it's funny you mentioned the prestige trailer because uh, in the prestige trailer, there's a line from Christian Bale saying, secrets are my life. Um, and I basically think that's Christopher Nolan speaking to all of us. Um, so uh, secrets are his life and they're not revealing a huge amount about Tenet but it looks amazing and um, hopefully as the end card says coming to theatres soon or well coming to theatres yes <laughs> Christopher Nolan is definitely an advocate of the theatrical experience as he insists on shooting everything in IMAX right yeah as much as he can yeah all right, so that is our show for this week. Thanks, as always, for listening. You can send questions to cutdown at idlethumbs.net or just any comments you have. We're on Twitter at CutdownCast, and I'm at Derek underscore Lou. And I'm at Rick Thomas. We're part of the Idle Thumbs Network, and you can join us on the Idle Thumbs forums if you'd like to discuss this week's episode. And as always, we want to give a thank you to our friends at Twisted Jukebox for our intro music. Thanks for listening.
It's reversing the flow of time. Because in us being here now, I mean, it never happened. 